Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story today is a part two from our story yesterday about Jack Dorsey, the mastermind behind Twitter. Ha ha. (laughs) Stepping down. And uh, well, what's the uh, what's the next chapter in this saga? Well, he stepped down a couple days ago, announced that this guy, Parag Agrawal, is (laughs) the new guy taking his place. I was just listening to the YouTube video on how to pronounce it. I'm sure that I'm no way. Yeah. Agrawal. That's I mean, that's a pretty common Indian name, I think. Maybe. I have no idea. But what I do know is that just two days after the announcement that he would be taking over as the Twitter CEO, he already finds himself at the center of controversy. And the left and right are fighting about it on Twitter. But here's the thing. It was a publicity stunt. It's obviously a publicity stunt. And I'm going to show you how beautifully it actually worked here. Here's what happened. The controversy is over a tweet he made in 2010. So you know how... Every time somebody new gets in the spotlight, a bunch of people go dig up old tweets from yeah, when they yeah, were 14 yeah. or whatever. Of course, yeah, this guy yeah. wasn't 14. This guy's, I think, almost 50. But <laughs> And they try and shame them over these old tweets. Well, the tweet that was unearthed of his said, if they are going to make a distinction between Muslims and extremists, then why should I distinguish between white people and racist? So that was his tweet. <laughs> Sparked outrage on the right. Praise on the left, (laughs) long comment chains, people fighting. Here's the thing. Prior to that tweet going viral, which, by the way. But, like, if you think about it. This is CEO of Twitter. They know that this happens. If they didn't want that tweet seen, they would have removed it. What year was it? 2010. Okay, so, yes, he totally has the power to remove all of his tweets, and it's probably a good idea for People in a position of being canceled never to tweet, by the way, unless you do it by like a PR department and it's in whatever the company's name. But so the only real flaw with his like comparison there is that only. Well, I mean, it's not his comparison. I should say he was just quoting what a comedian on the oh, Daily show said. Wow. I mean, you could parse that out from a kind of like a analytical perspective are those is that a false analogy because extremists and muslim it's not very specific you're not even saying extremist muslim and white racist like there is the school of thought that only white people can be racist and that all white people are racist i mean it goes to a bunch of stuff that this guy really probably doesn't need to own (laughs) well (laughs) it had the perfect reaction that he wanted to have and it, it did what they needed it to do an archive version of that tweet at 11.24 a.m., which I find it odd that somebody happened to get a photo or an archive version of that tweet just before it went viral, unless that always happens. I can't seem to find anything on the Wayback Machine anymore, but we can find this before it went viral. Yeah, there. there's like five episodes. So before it went viral, that tweet had three retweets, nine quote tweets, and three likes. Okay? That's not very many. As of about 15 minutes ago, that same tweet has 6,132 retweets, 10,800 quote tweets, and 18,000 likes. 
So it has grown exponentially in the amount of time. Now, that is the type of attention that someone who is the head of CEO or the CEO at Twitter needs to be able to get. Prior to this, you have Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey could tweet out a semicolon, and he'll have a million comments (laughs) of people debating on what the deeper meaning of it is. Right. This guy needs to be able to do that, needs to be able to get people's attention so that he can talk deliver the propaganda messages and divide and conquer and you ask anybody yesterday on the left or right who this guy is they probably don't know who he is they don't have any strong feelings about it and they don't care what he says today people on the right know exactly how they feel about him they don't like him people on the left know exactly how they feel about him they like him and people on the right and left are now paying attention to him and that is a successful publicity stunt okay absolutely controversy does he did you happen to notice if he has any personality like, is he the Indian guy from Silicon Valley? <laughs> he appears to have some personality based on his tweets. Right. Okay. So then the other thing is, since he's going along with the kind of siloization of Twitter so that he's appealing to the left, not the right. So that may give rise to what they all want, which is siloing, because that really prevents people from changing their minds about anything. And then... The other part of it is they are launching this protocol where they want to not own the politics of the silos, but host the silos anyway, as long as they're siloed. So this will make Twitter like squarely the left thing. Maybe it's the last straw. Oh, no, not again. Not another one. We're leveling up now. But then you have the new kind of parlor gab, whatever thing that they can host and it and it helps him because it will drive people to that. Yeah, exactly. That's a thought. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different things that might go there. I think they think hard about how they're going to make it work. But they yeah. totally. This is a total utilization of controversy to get attention and persuade. These controversies are often orchestrated. And another thing that he did, which I anticipated, was with all that attention, you better have a statement ready that you want people to read. And he did. Penned at the top of his Twitter page, he had his response to Jack giving him or announcing that he was going to be taking over to kind of give you an idea of what he thinks and how he's going to lead. So, yeah, that was a successful job on their part. Yeah, I so that is a uh, much more interesting story to me than the vax stuff, but the vax stuff just will not effing go away. It spreads, it, yeah. It just won't go away. Um, LeBron James, have you read any of the articles about LeBron James? Like he claims he was vaccinated. I don't know why he was taking all these tests, why he was taking like not a PCR test even to start out with. Like, what is that all about? It's definitely just in time for the <laughs> moronic Omicron variant. Yeah, they um, said that even the king is not immune. There you go. Even the allegedly vaccinated king is not immune. So I had a couple of interesting messages today from patrons, and I want one was a question which I will answer in the XR about my opinion about the Supreme Court abortion case they're hearing right at this moment. Uh, that I'll talk about in the XR, but I got this from. A patron I know and have met personally and have had plenty of interaction with. So this guy's credibility is beyond um, refute, I think is the word, for me. But this is like third hand. So listen to the story. Tell me what you think. He says, you'll get a kick out of this. A client of mine told me this a few weeks ago. Uh, 
I was working for her and she told me a story of some good friends of hers who do a lot of traveling. These people work in the movie industry. They're from Russia, I think. Uh, they wanted to travel, so they acquired a fake vaccine pass from a doctor in Greece. They then traveled to Israel, of all places, I'm thinking. At customs, the Israelis asked them which arm they got the shot in, so they told them. The Israeli security used something to scan the arm in that spot, told them they were lying, deported them, and now the doctor is facing legal char charges. Now, this is from a good client of mine who's completely awake and aware. So I believe the story. Make of it what you will. I have a couple of things to say about that. One is last place on earth I would show some fishy documents is an effing Israel. I mean, Israel is the most secure. We don't care about you. I mean, they will tell you whether you have an innie or an Audi. Like they know everything for sure. So I would never do that. But it reminds me of what I read to you a week or two ago. The Alhambra decree was all this stuff about during the Spanish Inquisition, the Jews in Spain had a choice of converting or leaving. That was the Alhambra decree. But the Spanish Inquisition stuff, the stuff that prompted the torture and everything, from what I understand, are the Jews who faked converting. So they were really Jews, but they went through the rituals. Those were the ones who were in big, big trouble. So I don't know if there's a follow-up on that, but I get very nervous about the idea. Like, I would certainly not use fake stuff in any official capacity. Don't, like, upload it. I mean, do whatever you want, but I'm just saying this is a real risk, in my opinion. Is the implication that, re remember when people were talking about yeah. how a penny would yeah. stick to your arm? Yeah, I think it it's, I think the idea is that that is why the, the you know, but I would think that there'd be, a, I mean, it would really have to stick in there in situ and not be processed or moved through your bloodstream or any of that. Like, it would have to be something that stays embedded. Now, they have that that luciferase or whatever, the tattoos that are supposed to be, like, scannable. I don't know. I've never heard that they were using them. So there could be an ink. It could be, who knows if there's a graphene detector and graphene's really in it. Nanoparticles, metal. People did show magnets sticking to their arms. I mean, I've seen, I saw the videos of it, but... And, you know, they could just have some Star Trek-like technology that scans and is able to do a diagnosis. People's Apple watches are doing testing their oxygen. They're testing for a heart where your heart skips a beat. There are a lot of things yeah, that are being tested. Yeah, AFib, exactly. There are a lot of things you can do with these smart devices. Perhaps they just have uh, one they're testing over there. Maybe it's a lie detector. <laughs> it's a lie detector. <laughs> 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 which yeah. they say don't work. I really don't know if they work or not. My guess is they can tell if you're lying. I'm not sure they can tell in the police station, but I think they can tell. Speaking of someone who's been accused of lying, Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers made a little That's bit right. of news again. And he goes on these sports shows where they're very jokey. They're vulgar. I mean, sports guys talking. If you've ever listened to sports shows, you've ever been around some really energetic guys talking sports, it can get kind of ridiculous. And he goes on these shows as a guest pretty frequently. He's had an injury to his toe lately, and there's been much speculation about what that injury might be. And during one of these episodes that he appeared on, the host of the show 
said something like, yeah, it must be that COVID toe affecting your toe out there on the field because his toe is what's injured. And <laughs> the host was obviously joking and playing off of that joke. He then said, Roger said that he, the way that COVID affected him is that he was felt better after a couple of days. He felt fine. He didn't have any lingering effects. And then, then he kind of threw in other than, you know, COVID toe. And the host jumps up and goes, we figured it out. We got it. We thought you were just doing DMT with Joe Rogan when you were working out. But we know that it, they were obviously joking about COVID toe. And despite that, the very next day, the Wall Street Journal writes this long story about how Roger said he had COVID toe and they briefly mentioned in the lower like third of the article where the least amount of eyes go that he said he was joking, but then they went on to say, he's probably not joking. Everything lines up. He's probably got COVID toe. <laughs> and then Rogers responds the next day by saying, I mentioned it as a joke. I don't have COVID toe. And then he actually pulls, <laughs> pulls his toe up into the camera frame and says, look, there's no legions on my toe. I have a fractured toe from working out. I don't even know what COVID toe is. Stop <laughs> spreading disinformation. I don't think there's any such thing as COVID toe, but it may be a symptom of the moronic Omicron because they don't know if the symptoms are the same or different. They don't know anything about it, yet they say you have to get vaccinated against it. The Even I, though they don't know if the vaccine works for it. Right. That's what's the that's the best part of that little story. What kind of journalist do you have to be? You work for the Wall Street Journal and you're going to write this article that you're insistent that something that was obviously a joke wasn't a joke. And Rogers, because he, quote, lied about having the vaccine, he must have COVID toe. He must be lying again. It's it's clearly not a joke. Go do something else. I just don't get why they do that. And he also leaked that he thinks that the Packers are, the coaches are leaking information about his medical stuff. Really? About his COVID toe? Perhaps. <laughs> wow, that's not cool. Yeah. That's a that's a breach of protocol. Like, uh, like our favorite like CNN reporter. There's another follow-up story from yesterday. Yeah, so Cuomo's suspended indefinitely. I wonder what that means. It's pending further investigation after those documents were revealed. And there wasn't much really said about it on CNN. Just a couple brief statements. Anderson Cooper is going to be taking over his slot for now. So, you know, the more Anderson Cooper, the better. And Cuomo hasn't made a statement. I bet he's just wishing that he would have played with himself on a Zoom call in front of his female co-workers instead so he could keep his job. Because Tubin is back. Tubin's back, yeah. <laughs> so you can't was... cover up sexual harassment, but you can sexually harass via <laughs> you Zoom. You can expose yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a, I want to talk a little bit about propaganda in the context of what was the headline story. I don't even pay attention to this anymore. It just washes over me. Did you see this Oxford High School shooting in Michigan? You had to because it was everywhere. I saw the headlines. I yeah, didn't whatever. read much about it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I have no idea what's going on with that stuff. I, there's no way to evaluate it. I know that they're telling me about it because they want me to support some kind of policy or have some view of the world that I would not otherwise have. I don't know if they're actually doing things that kill people, if they're letting things happen, if they're whispering in somebody's ear like the Navy Yard shooting. That's my um, assessment there. But this was, I'll just read you one passage that I thought was weird, and then I want to tell you a little bit about propaganda, if you don't mind. 
Prosecutor Karen McDonald did not reveal a possible motive for the shooting Tuesday at Oxford High School, located in a community of about 22,000 people, roughly 30 miles north of Detroit, 30 miles outside the city. She said prosecutors are, quote, confident, end quote, they can show the crime was premeditated. Quote, there is a mountain of digital evidence, videotapes, social media, all digital evidence possible, she said. Okay, so that's one thing. So why it's just weird to me when they highlight something weird, weird, weird. Digital evidence, digital evidence. I would argue there is no such thing. When we're going to talk to Michael Wan, did you watch his video at all? He put a video out about the metaverse and one of the little little clips from his video was how to make an avatar that looks like a person. I mean, and this was just your free Facebook thing. And it like if you had low resolution, you could make it look like a real person. So I never want to hear that the word evidence and digital in the same spot ever, 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 yeah. especially if it's the government that is using it against you in a crime. So that's that. Um, I also think it's kind of weird that. OK, so these are the four students who were killed. 16-year-old Tate Meyer, M-Y-R-E, 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana, 17-year-old Madison, M-I-D-I-S-Y-N, Baldwin, and 17-year-old Justin Schilling, who died Wednesday. Those names sound a little funny to me. I really don't know what to make of that. The So I looked up, like, is it is there an ethnic bent that has them, you know, maybe they're Norwegian or something. They spell everything weird. It's 95% white. I don't know that town. I don't know what, what that means, but it just always seems weird to me. You know, names are rhyming or spelled really funny. Like, I just, that's, there's always something a little weird about that. And then, um, so this was on the heels of something I tweeted yesterday or the day before, which we talked about a couple of times recently. And I was never sure it was 100% applicable, but it may have coincided with stuff that was more applicable but less advertised, and that is the amendment uh, to the Smith-Munt Act, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of, I think, 2012 or 2013, where it was around the time that Michael Hastings wrote a scathing review of it and then died in a scathing car accident very shortly thereafter. Now, the way he presented it may not have re reflected exactly what that did. I went back and forth on this, but basically what they were saying is we say true things to outside this country to influence opinion, and we're not allowed to turn it inside the country, but we're deciding now to turn it inside the country because there's so many immigrants here. We want them to be brainwashed with respect to our view of their own countries. And if other Americans get but whatever, it's not required for that purpose, but they're just allowed to propagandize Americans. Now, does that mean they're allowed to commit false flags against Americans? Does, are they allowed to use propaganda of the deed against Americans? If not in that actual act, were, were there parallel operations? This was all under Obama, where a lot of the old laws about privacy and separation of powers and stuff were going away because Eric Holder as AG and all that kind of stuff, like they were getting less scrutiny. Uh, Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress for not producing stuff on Operation Fast and Furious, which is another thing I want to talk about in the XR about El Chapo. Uh, but he just, he just could not, um, they just weren't being scrutinized the way that other administrations were, especially in the beginning, that they just weren't getting, they kind of like had a, uh, 
you know, a red carpet thrown out for them in the beginning. Maybe there's always a honeymoon period. It seemed like those guys really got away with a lot in the beginning. So I don't know, but when I think about it, that was like 2012. Every single solitary false flag hoax, mass shooting, all of it, it all started, it all erupted, emerged right around that time. Like Sandy Hook, um, Boston Marathon bombing, Edward Snowden, which I consider to be a, a huge um, psyop. So many things that you would think about in that context happened since then. Um, and that I just think is something worth thinking about that that may have been a kind of silent coup against really, I would say, I mean, it's maybe the last nail in the coffin of any kind of democratic process, not because you have either fixing votes, you know, election integrity, but then you also have the one step before that, where if you completely control information, you can control votes without fixing votes. That's how they control the White House. That's how they do it. That's how yep. Colonel House did it. That's how FDR was in a wheelchair that was convenient for them. Yeah, that's how they've always done it. The British controlled the underwater cables that mess for messages that were being sent from Germany to the United States and other countries to the United States to shape the perception of World War One in America. And it is they. I do remember how they used to call. I'm sure they still call the information that did affect Americans, but was targeted at another country, collateral damage. Oh my gosh. Well, we've got lots more to talk about, but mm -hmm. let's take a break. All right. Well, before we get to that final story of the Free 30, which is going to be about the Art Review's new Power 100 rankings of the most influential artists of 2021. Any guesses on who comes in at number one? I can't wait to tell you. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, which is a newly released IG report that reveals how many crimes federal informants actually commit. Five things that make NFTs valuable and Monica's take on the abortion case being argued before the Supreme Court right now. I'd also like to give a shout out to the sponsor of today's show. Liberty Gear. Liberty Gear is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies mask, and a lot of other funny, weird stuff to lighten your day on the website. Even if you don't wear masks, sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you're required to, and for those situations, you might as well have something on that's fun and lets people know where you stand, how you feel. These masks are Cool souvenirs as well as a reminder of these crazy times, not to mention all the other cool protest gear at Liberty Gear as well. They have cool t-shirts, cool mugs. It's just a fun website that simply scrolling through is going to make you laugh. Plus, you can also send in your request and Liberty Gear could customize something for you perhaps. So just email them if you have an idea for something and Ism Can't will yeah, get baby. back to you and help you out. So and Liberty Gear is run by Ismcan, a fellow Liberty lover. It's a small business who's in this fight with us. And these types of companies are the ones you want to support during this corporate fascist great reset world takeover. So check them out at libertygear.net. <laughs> and if you use the promo code PROPAGANDA in all lowercase, when you check out, you'll get a 10% discount off of your purchase at libertygear.net. I think they make super hilarious Christmas presents, but you would probably have to try to get it in now if you wanted something special. So yeah, the shipping times have been taking longer for a lot of things. Definitely. So we're, I think hopefully he's working on some let's go Brandon gear. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some of that. <laughs> and if you haven't yet, 
check us out on Rockfin. Rockfin is a newer video platform that, unlike YouTube, does not censor creators like Monica and I. And when you sign up for Rockfin through the Rockfin Propaganda Report channel at rockfin.com slash propaganda report, you get ad-free DNB plus our exclusive XR content Monday through Wednesday with the entire DNB XR live streamed with video and interactive chat every Thursday exclusively on Rockfin. You also get propaganda report deep dives every other friday and you get all of our interviews posted early release with video when available exclusively on rockfin and you get all of the premium content on rockfin from all creators on the platform including our friend sam tripoli as well as whitney webb jimmy Dore, the mad ones and hundreds of other fantastic content creators all of that for 9.99 a month it's a great deal and with youtube making it clear that they will not allow any questioning of the narrative on their platform rockfin is a place where you can go where free speech not only lives it thrives so go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and subscribe to our channel today now on to our final story of the free 30 these organizations when they're rankings they're always fun to see the reasoning and, and who they rank as the most influential and this art publication, every year it releases its annual Power 100 of the most influential art. I'm going to describe to you what they include and let you see if you can guess number one. Okay. The London-based art review, its power rankings of contemporary art world's most influential movers and shakers. The list is judged according to a person's ability to influence the type of art that is being produced today, play oh, a role in shaping public perspectives of art. I know who it is. Okay, who is it? Mark Zuckerberg. No. No? No. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. But you get why I said that. Well, you're not far off. Mark Zuckerberg is number 100. He's the last. He's the last. He's on it. Okay, so finish what you're saying then. Yes. Number one for the wait, first- Wait, wait. Did you tell us all the criteria? I cut you off, man. Yeah, the last criteria was they have to have been active in the previous 12 months before the list is published and have an international rather than exclusively domestic influence. So Mark Zuckerberg does fall. All right, should I think some more? You're never going to guess what it is. Okay, it's not Lady Gaga. Yeah, because like Mark Zuckerberg, it's not a person. It's for the first time ever, it is a non-human entity. It is what's called ERC721, which is a specification for non-fungible token on the Ethereum-based blockchain. <laughs> Man, and they are pushing it so I know. hard. So for the first time ever, and they say this is the first time they've ever had a non-human entity there. And with Zuckerberg coming in, they are bookending two. with two non-human entities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and here's what they say about ER ERC. They say that it has upended the art market, bringing contemporary art and millennial meme culture crashing together. And with such projects as CryptoPunks, which started the craze for gamified virtual collectibles in 2017, ERC721, I mean, that sounds like a weird, that sounds like a name from the film Fun World because characters were named based God, on letters I love and that numbers. so much. ERC turned data into virtual property and the art world began to realize the di that digital culture can be made rare. And with stagger staggering prices achieved in the last year, the art market has discovered a new generation of collectors while artists around the world have discovered a new way to market their art that bypasses the old art dealer system. It's hard to predict the long-term upset of this bit of code will cause, but in 2021, all the old assumptions of the art market and art culture have been thrown into chaotic creative uncertainty i have two things to say one i want you to answer second but i don't want to forget i want to know what the creator of fun world is up to right now because he's a genius and then the other thing is 
So when you look at fashion, you spend big money. I, I've had every once in a while in my investment banking life, I had something truly fine, really expensive designer thing, but truly fine. I've also had expensive designer stuff that's shit. So, but there are, it is truly fine stuff. Like I once got, I went to Bergdorf Goodman. I didn't know like there could be a place as expensive as this. So I didn't, wasn't afraid of going in there. I went in, it's like eight floors, like each floor is like a different, or at that time it was different designers, like Karl Lagerfeld or whatever. So I got off, I see a suit I liked, I tried it on, I looked like a supermodel. I mean, it just totally transformed me. So I looked at the tag. It was like $2,000, which was a long time ago. It's like, okay, I obviously have to have this, but I must not touch anything else in this store or try anything on or ever come back here again. So I bought it. It was amazing. So that was that was clothing. It was worth it. I mean, I literally wore it till it was in threads after a long time. I probably saved it still to this day. It was teal and silk. It was really nice. So anyway... Uh, but now, so, but the cheaper stuff is really, or whatever, like that's not always the case. Sometimes it's that a lot of times it's just bull. It's just having a label on it. That's why they write the label on the outside of it. And, and then you have like, I always think this about like, was, was, what does, was the material and material dialectic, dialecticism really materialism? Because look at what happened in China, like the, the, People who were pre-Mao Chinese versus post-Mao Chinese. I know people in both of those categories. It's like totally different. They think of the other, and then Taiwan's another thing. They're totally different cultures. The post-Mao immigrants are like, I don't know if it's exchange rate or what, but around here anyway, they're really rich and there's a lot of that, like a lot of virtue signaling or whatever, like wealth signaling with branding. I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just saying it's undeniable. Yeah, that's what they want to do in the metaverse, wealth signal. Yeah, So, but here's the thing. Like, you could insult somebody in the real world by saying, oh, you're just driving a purple Lamborghini around because you want to look cool. And they'll say, no, I really love good cars, right? So that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to look like you're an aficionado of fine automobiles when really you're just a poser, right? So once you're in the metaverse and there's just no possibility that, you're, that you've got the purple Lamborghini for any reason except for that you're a total poser, or maybe you're not a poser, maybe you're a rich guy and you're not posing as a rich guy, you're just, you're conspicuously demonstrating that you're a rich guy by just, it's like a potlatch. It's like throwing it away, you know, or maybe you get some visual pleasure out of it the way you get visual pleasure out of a beautiful car. I don't know. But perhaps I just it seems to be elevating the emperor has no clothes to the level of what aboutism or so what? And what yeah. what is your thing? And so what's your comic thing? Which one? Yeah. And oh, yes. And the improv. Principle. Yeah. So the emperor has no clothes. Yes. And like that's yeah, a so, so what? what? Right. Yeah, exactly. So what? <laughs> It's, I think see, that's what a it lot is. of this is like it feels like you can take an item and if enough people just project that they value it, whether they actually do or not, if they just act like they do, then other people will start to value it as well. And then somebody will eventually buy it as long as it feels like it's scarce enough. That's true. It's I think they call it the uh, 
richer man strategy. Like for a while there, sports teams were just getting bid up ridiculously. Like they were, they could not possibly be conceived of as an investment unless there was a richer guy who had more to prove who would buy it from you when you were finished with it. And that eventually collapses. Maybe it's like the tulip thing. I don't know. But so inherent value matters. I don't know if it's going to matter in the next 30 years, but, and I definitely want to buy stuff in the metaverse. I'm like really fascinated by yeah. it. I've, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, anyway, so. One more quick thing about that story is that last year's winner was black, the Black Lives Matter movement. They were number one in 2018. Coming in at number three was the hashtag MeToo movement, which that collapsed. Were Hopefully those that, considered human beings? Those were considered movements. So that's different from non-human from entities, I guess. <laughs> and also the art review is part of modern media, China's leading high-end communications group. Interesting. Oh, so China is behind. China was promoting Black Lives Matter and... China is... This group is in China and they run this very apparently well-known respectable organization all right yeah well, i think that go. wraps it up for today any yeah, shout outs let's, let's mull that over now what's today december oh we got 1st. dpp let's shout out us yeah, and how december fun that's going to be with chicken tenders and chud what yeah we're having a dpp this friday with some guests and it is uh, promises to be a ride we have the you know how i'm a sucker for the straight man right yes Adam is the ultimate straight man from Deborah Gets Red-Pilled. Not only is he the straight man, he's a straight man, and he's straight, man. So I'll be toasting my cocktails to his deadpan humor, and he will be toasting back with a cup of coffee. Well, fantastic. That's going to be awesome. Thank you guys for listening. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.